This is the Victory Podcast. Every week, we'll share an inspiring message about God's grace and forgiveness for you, wherever you're at in life. Your victory starts now. We'll be looking at Psalm 23 this morning. I was telling Pastor Bill before the service, I feel like a, a cover band trying to cover a really classic song, and you're really just hoping to do it justice. And so we'll see how it goes. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his namesake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord God, we thank you for gathering us here. We ask that you would open our ears, give us ears ready to hear, speak to our hearts, and don't let anything I'm doing get in the way of the work of your Holy Spirit. In your name we pray, amen. It's hard to hold on to a childlike faith, especially as you grow up. It's hard to to keep that childlike faith as you continue to go on. I was talking to my wife about that a, a while back, and we were thinking about when we were in college, and we didn't know if it was ignorance or we were being naive, but we like to think that a lot of it was we had more of a childlike faith. When I was in college, uh, we fell in love and we got engaged and we got married when we were still in college. We, we didn't know how it was all going to work out, but we believed that God was with us and he was for us and, and it was all going to work out. And then my, my first year at seminary, we, we had Shelby and our, our oldest daughter and we didn't know how it was going to work out. I still had a lot of school left and And we still believed that God was going to be with us, he was going to be for us, and everything was going to work out. But we've noticed that as time has gone on, that was almost two decades ago, and as we grew older and had more children and had more responsibilities and had our share of suffering and loss and bad decisions, Over time, it's been hard to hold on to that childlike faith. Over time, we we wonder that, that maybe God is done with us, or maybe he's not interested in us, or maybe we've gone too far or made too many bad decisions. Maybe he's smaller or distant or uninterested, and maybe he's not with us anymore. Maybe it's all up to us. We felt like that childlike faith was slipping away. Did that happen to you? Maybe you can think back to a time, maybe it was literally when you were a child and you had this faith where you just believed that God was in charge and he loved you and he was for you and whatever you were going through, it was all going to work out anyways because you had that childlike faith. 
And maybe it was on the first day of school or maybe another life event where you, you had this loss or suffering or, or maybe when you went through some financial crisis or health crisis, something happened that maybe you thought, you know, God's not interested in me anymore. I've screwed this up. Uh, maybe he's just too small. Maybe he's just too distant. Maybe he's uninterested. Maybe he's mad at me. And maybe I'm all on my own. And you felt that childlike faith slipping away. It's hard to hold on to that childlike faith. Well, there's one person in the Bible that seemed to be able to hold on to his childlike faith, and that's King David. We hear about David when he was a young boy and he went to go visit his brothers who were at battle. And when he went to go visit them and drop off a meal, he heard a giant, Goliath, defying the army of God. And because he had that childlike faith, he grabbed his slingshot and he went to the front lines and he told Goliath, you come at me with sword and spear, but I come in the name of the Lord. And he swung the sling over his head and brought down the giant. Because he had that childlike faith. But that childlike faith didn't seem to leave him as he continued to grow up. He kind of grew in popularity because of that event with Goliath. And, and the current king, King Saul, became jealous and started to hunt him down, brought his whole army out to go after him. And yet David didn't get revenge. He didn't take matters in his own hands. He ran, but he ran in faith, and he continued to hold on to that childlike faith. And even after he became king and did things like conquer Jerusalem or fight back his enemies or lead his kingdom, he still held on to that childlike faith. And even when he fell into sin, a great terrible sin, a sin of adultery and murder, We'll hear about this next week. He came back to God, trusting in God's forgiveness and his redemption, his restoration, that God still loved him, that God forgave him. He held on to that childlike faith. As we mentioned, we're continuing this sermon series, Summer Playlist. We're going through the book of Psalms, some of the, the great, most memorable songs in the Bible. And today we're, I think this is like the, number one on the top 10 greatest hits in the Bible, Psalm 23, probably one of the most popular, well-known, especially in the 20th and 21st century, especially in the West, Psalm 23. And the question I want to answer today is how can we regain a childlike faith or maybe rediscover it or re-experience it or hold on to it? How can we have that childlike faith? And to answer that question, we're going to go back to the psalm, Psalm 23, the opening line, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, David could write that. He probably was a king by now, and he wrote this psalm. And the reason he could say this is because he experienced what it was to be a shepherd. He was a young shepherd boy that had, took care of sheep. That's what he was doing when, when Nathan came to, or Samuel came to look for him. He was taking care of sheep. He was a shepherd, so he knew what that was like. And yet as he grew up and became king, when he identified himself, he didn't identify himself as a shepherd, he identified himself as a sheep. 
even as he was powerful and old and wise, he identified himself as a simple, you could even say ignorant, sheep in need of a shepherd. And he said, the Lord is my shepherd. Not just a shepherd, not just a shepherd of the sheep, but personally, he is my shepherd. That's not normally how we think, especially in the 21st century. In the West, we have this kind of idea that that all of my decisions have put me where I am. I'm the captain of my ship. I'm the pilot of my plane. I'm in charge of my life. And the decisions that I've made, the things that I've done, I have wound up here by my own strength. I picked myself up by my own bootstraps and I've gotten myself to this point in my life. And that sounds inspiring and there's some bit of truth there. Our decisions do matter. But if it's all relying on you, that you're the shepherd, that you're taking care of your own life, that you're the captain, that you're the pilot, that you're in charge, when you are big and God is small, all that creates is more fear, more anxiety, more guilt, more worry. Because you come to realize that this world is out of control and you don't have control. And if it's all up to you, you lose that childlike faith. But David had that. He held on to this idea that that God was his shepherd and he was his sheep. So he went on to explain it this way. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. As David pictured God as his shepherd and he is the sheep, he knew what it was like for a good shepherd to have his sheep lay down in, in the tall grass. It's this picture of complete rest. I think about my dog who likes to lay underneath our trampoline where the grass can grow a little bit higher, right? And, and just lays down in the cool grass, the place of rest. And that's what David says, because God is in charge, I get to lay down and rest. He leads inside cool or Quiet waters, not, not terrifying waters, not, not turbulent waters, not scary waters, but quiet, cool waters to be refreshed. He refreshes my soul. Literally, he restores my life. He, you could almost say he resurrects my life. He, he brings me back to life. That's what David thought. And, but unfortunately, that's not how we look at our life. Because we see ourselves as big and God as small, because we are the shepherd, we are the captain, we're in charge, we forget that he's actually watching over us. And the reality is, we have more reason to put confidence in our shepherd than David did, because we know who that shepherd is even clearer than David. It's in the New Testament in John chapter 10, where Jesus applies this psalm to himself. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. I give them good pasture. I protect them from the wolves. They come in and and go out and, and find pasture. I'm their good shepherd. And I give them life and life to the full, he says. 
But because we don't always believe that, because we don't see ourselves as the sheep and, and God as our shepherd, we miss out. But David believed that. So he could go on. He says, he guides me along the right paths for his namesake. Because David knew what it was like to be a shepherd, he believed that because he was the sheep and the Lord was the shepherd, the Lord was leading him and guiding him and putting him exactly where he was supposed to be. David didn't believe, because he identified as a sheep, David didn't believe that he was where he was because of his own decisions and his own will and his own desires and his own ingenuity. He believed that God was guiding him. And he knew that sometimes, just like sheep wander off, that he would wander off and yet God would guide him back. That he was where he was because the Lord was his shepherd. But we, also, we often can forget that. In fact, sometimes we believe that, that where we are, the job we have, the school we're at, the place we live, the talents we have, the opportunities we have are all because of us. And so when things go wrong at the the place we are, the school we're at, the job we're at, the neighborhood we live in, when it goes bad, we think that's all because of me, all because of my decisions. I picked the wrong place. I picked the wrong career. I, I picked all these wrong things, and I'm here because I made all these wrong decisions. We think that we're all alone because we forget. We forget what David knew, that the Lord was his shepherd, and he was the sheep. The Lord was guiding him. Because David believed that, he could even walk through really dark days believing that God was guiding him. He goes on to say this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or it used to be translated the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Again, because David believed that the Lord was his shepherd and he was the sheep, he knew what it was like. He knew that sometime as a shepherd, when you'd be guiding your sheep, you'd have to go through treacherous valleys. You'd have to go through really dark places. You knew that there was, there was death on every corner, that sometimes a wolf would be coming, sometimes a lion or bear would be coming, but the shepherd would protect the sheep. He knew it was like to go through dark valleys. And because he identified as a sheep, he knew even when he went through really tough things that God was still with him. God was with him and was even disciplining him with his rod and his staff. So for example, when King Saul was attacking him, when he had to hide in the caves and, and try to fight for his life, he believed that even in those dark days when his life was on the verge of death, that God was still guiding him, that he was not alone. When his son Absalom tried to attack him and kill him, he believed that God was still guiding him. God was still with him. God was directing his life. And even when he passed through those dark days of death, when he lost Two of his sons, he believed that the Lord was still with him, passing through death's dark valley. In fact, uh, there's a little secret when you're reading Hebrew poetry. I don't know how many of you read a lot of poetry, but sometimes when we read poetry, it's just it's hard to always understand, hard to figure out what the point is, where do we put our focus, what is the main idea. And usually, when it comes to Hebrew poetry you'll find the main idea at the center. And so, for example, the book of Job is a great long 
book of poetry, basically. And you might wonder, what's all this story about suffering and everything in this poetry all about? Well, if you go to the very center of the book of Job, we hear Job say, I know that my Redeemer lives. That's the point. The Redeemer lives. And so when you get to the very center of the book of Psalm, or Psalm 23, the very center of it is, you are with me. That's why David could have this childlike faith because he believed that he was not alone, that God was with him, that God didn't let him go even when he was going through dark valleys, that God was using his rod and staff even to discipline him through these hard times because he believed the Lord was his shepherd and he was the sheep. But that's really hard for us because we don't always see ourselves that way. The second we, seem, we, we go through those dark days of suffering, of loss, maybe going through cancer or, or going through health challenges or going through financial challenges, we go through those dark valleys on the verge of death because we don't see ourselves as a sheep and the Lord as a shepherd. We think we're all alone, that we screwed this all up, that we put ourselves here, that there's no hope, that we're all alone. And so we lose that childlike faith. Now David here now changes the metaphor a little bit. In the second half of Psalm 23, he says, uh, instead of comparing himself to a sheep and the Lord is his shepherd, he goes on to say that there's a king and a servant. And now King David, when he identifies himself and he thinks of a king and a servant, he doesn't identify himself as the king. He says, the Lord is the king and I'm the servant. So he says this, you, Lord, again, very personal in, in writing this psalm, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Because David identified the Lord as the king and he believed that he was the servant. He believed that the king was preparing this great banquet. He was able to see the blessings in his life even in the midst of turmoil. Even when he had enemies from his own kingdom, from his own people, from his own family, even when he had those enemies because he believed that God was the king, he believed that God was even blessing him through that. That's what it means to be heavier head um, anointed with oil it means to be covered in blessing. To have your cup overflowing means that he was filled with blessing. He believed that God was blessing him even when he was experiencing enemies. But again, that's not usually how we see our troubles. When we have enemies, maybe at work or in our family or in our neighborhood, we think that's evidence that we're all alone, that we need to leave, that, we're, that, that we don't have any blessing. We, we see our enemies as big because we look at God as small. And so we lose that childlike faith because we forget that he's the king. And then finally, David concludes this psalm by saying, Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, this is pretty remarkable. David believed 
that even through this very challenging life with enemies and loss and challenges, that he was going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What's even more remarkable is he, as we mentioned before, he had committed great sin. He had committed adultery and even murder. And you'd expect him to think, God's done with me. There's no way. I'm going to be judged and I'm going to lose. And he believed that he was going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever because he would believe that God was his king. He was the servant. He believed that God's goodness and love were literally, the, the Hebrew here is not follow me. His goodness and love is actually pursuing me, chasing me down all the days of my life. That when David ran from the Lord, God was going to outrun him and catch him. But unfortunately, that's not how we always see ourselves. We don't always see ourselves as the Lord is our king and we are the servant. And we think maybe there was a line that, that we crossed somewhere in our life. And because we crossed that line, maybe God's done with us. I remember years ago, meeting with a group of teenagers, young people from our community, and I, I just asked them, you know, do you think you've gone beyond God's forgiveness? And one by one, talking to these young people, they said, oh yeah, I've already sinned too much. Oh yeah, I'm already, I'm already long gone. There's no way God forgive me. It's all up to me now. When did that happen to you? When did you have that sin that you thought, maybe I've crossed the line and maybe God's done with me? Well, David says that God's love is chasing us down. That there is no line. In fact, we can know that even more than David. Because again, in John chapter 10, when Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. No one takes my life from me, he says, but I willingly give it up on my own accord. I have the authority to give up my life and to take it back again. And that's exactly what he did. Jesus lived for you. He died for you. He rose for you. There is no line anymore. Because you're forgiven. You're loved. You're accepted. And I think when we look at all that, we can see what David is trying to teach us in this psalm. He's trying to reorient our lives to see our place in the world. That we, maybe better said, I am a sheep. Jesus is my shepherd. We, or better yet, you could say, I am a servant. And Jesus is my king. And whenever we forget that order, we forget our place in the world, that's when we lose that childlike faith. And so I think this will help us answer our opening question. How can we regain a childlike faith? How can we hold on to that childlike faith? How can we rediscover that childlike faith? Read Psalm 23 every day. It's an easy psalm to read, to recite, to remember. There's beautiful imagery and symmetry, and it's got an incredible flow to it. Read it every day. Not because you're trying to learn new things, but you're trying to reorient your mind and your heart to the reality. 
My previous congregation, in I think my first two years there, I had something like 30 funerals. Someone said that we were just waiting for a pastor to get here and then we were ready to go. And so I met with all those families uh, for those many, many funerals and they all wanted a few different hymns at their funeral, but they all wanted the classic liturgy, the classic reading of Psalm 23 in the funeral service. They knew that at this time of incredible loss and pain that they wanted the most amount of comfort. But it struck me that we wait until death. We wait until funerals to tap into this kind of comfort. Why do we wait till this day to read and reorient our whole lives around the truth of this beautiful song? Why not read it every day? Actually, I talked to a person last week and he's going through stage four cancer and I asked him what Psalm 23 meant to him and he said, it means everything to me. He says, I read it every single day. I'm thankful for the doctors that are helping me. I'm thankful for, for my, my treatment plan, all those things, all the decisions I'm trying to make, but ultimately my life is in God's hands and that's why I read Psalm 23 every day. I talked to another person last week, a woman who lost her husband uh, very early on in their marriage, and so she continues to go through grief and loss. And I asked her what Psalm 23 meant to her. She said, it's my go-to. It's where I go back over and over again when I have feelings of grief and sadness. I keep going back to Psalm 23. I thought about that and about this sermon, and I, I tried to do that this last week, to read, to recite, to have it as a family devotion at our, with our children, and to read this with my wife, tried to read it every single day to reorient my life, to regain that childlike faith in God. You know, it's only natural that as we grow up and we have more children or families or responsibilities, as we grow up, we, we take on more in our life. And we make more decisions. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. But the, the tendency is, as we get older in life, we lose that childlike faith. And so let's remember what this psalm says. I'm a sheep. Jesus is my shepherd. I'm a servant. And, and Jesus is my king. And very soon he's coming back. And then you and I, we will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, forgive us for all the times we didn't see our place in the world, that we thought we're in control, that it's all up to us, or that we've gone too far, that you are small or distant or uninterested or mad at us. Help us to regain that childlike faith that we are sheep, you are our shepherd. And then, Lord God, lead us to live in the peace of this psalm. Help us to use this psalm every day to reorient our brains and our hearts. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to the Victory Podcast, brought to you by Victory of the Lamb in Franklin, Wisconsin. For video sermon archives, more information about us, and to let us know how we can meet you where you're at, go to victoryofthelamb.com.